Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're live, Johnny. We are live. Oh, yeah. Johnny, it looks like a, a 1970s uh, travel show background uh, with the globe, the open collar shirt. The light blue. You're looking very summery. You're looking good, Johnny. Are you are you still hitting the non-alcoholic beverages? Are you clean? What's going on? Um, I don't know about clean. Just got back of a stag do, mate. And um, you know, in that customary little zone where whenever you get off a stag do, you tell yourself, "That's it. Now I'm done." You you know, I am going clean. I don't I don't want that life anymore. And you mean it when you say it, but it lasts for about five days, and then on the fifth day, you start to go. Well, it's nice weather, isn't it? It'd be, it'd be rude not to have a little beer or something. And then before you know it, you're planning your next stag do. You know, hopefully not yours. <laughs> she hasn't left me. But um, <laughs> in general, uh, you know, like you, you're, you're straight back lined up for your next mate stag do. But it, this may, I don't, I can't be sure this because I didn't check it, but this may be one of the first times it's actually hotter where I am than where it is where it is where you are, Pete. I don't know what. What's the what's the mercury saying in your neck of the woods? Oh, mate, the mercury here is probably something disgusting. It's but like it, it, it was. It felt like 111 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 40 degrees Celsius. It feels like 99 degrees Celsius uh, Fahrenheit. What is that in English? Uh, yeah, who knows? You, yeah, you you'd have to translate that. I don't, you know. Um, either way, we've been we've been bouncing around 30 degrees here, and the difference is 34. When you're, 34. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, well done. You've shown me up there. I've, I've made a big proclamation and uh, we've not backed it up because we've been dancing around the 30s. But in England, we have not got houses built for this heat. We have greenhouses. My my, my house saves me a lot of money in winter because it insulates well. In the summer, I mean, goodness gracious me, people are, people are blacking out. So, um, yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, just before we did move on, you did flag it up. I thought I'd go for the little globe in the back as a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a visual titillation for the visual viewers. And now I look like a bit of a, a newsreader, like a young Trevor McDonald, just getting going. You know what I mean? With that globe, it looks all, all foritative. So. I think it looks, I think it makes you look classy. Thank you. Thank you. Man of a the bit, world. Yeah. You know, top button undone though, a bit more racy than Trevor McDonald. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Johnny, I've got uh, I've got some class to add to this show. I've found Ooh. a very clever way to do music. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I oh no, I've done fuck that mess there. <laughs> I looped it. I looped doubled, it. Oh, it, it, was, it was a little bit loud as well towards the end. I gave Mate, it a go. People, people felt it. They were, they were. You know, it's it's pretty. We've gone to another level there. And every time me and Matt do a podcast without you, we never have the intro because of that. So it's nice. It's it's there now, isn't it? We're 
We're going to be going uh, authentic every time. Yeah, we're going to go authentic every time. So I might as well say good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It's a Monday morning one. We couldn't really get our diaries to align yesterday. Johnny was in a in a, in a hungover state, uh, a two-day hangover. Uh, so he's he's back. Looking good, though, Johnny, considering you had a heavy one this weekend. How are you feeling? What's going on in your life right now? Starting to rebuild now at this stage. Um, yeah, the Sunday was tough. There was a lot of soul-searching yesterday. Made some promises to myself that we'll be getting broken by the end of this week, no doubt. But still, you know, a man who wants to turn over a new leaf now and uh, no longer, you know, no lo- longer give himself to the party because... At the end of the day, I've not got it anymore. I'm way past it. And the the heart palpitations the next day, I'm not interested in them. Do you know what I mean? Not interested. So it's yeah, the, it's on the, the way it's up. The self, it's the self-loathing. It's the ugh, you're you're a you're a you're a grown man and you're out till four o'clock in the morning doing tequila shots and, and <laughs> setting like I forgot in, in the England, setting fire to Zambuca and your hands smell of it. You're like, what am I about? Smoking cigarettes. Like you were 18. It, you, you literally just stole my inner monologue, you know, killing me softly, Pete. You, it's like he found my letters and read them out loud. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, that's exactly what was going through me head yesterday. And that's why I was like, no more of this. You're a grown man, second child on the way. So, you know, no more nonsense. But as I said, I feel a little bit better now. And if I, if I did have booze, I am sweating it out because we are... There you said that Joe's plea has just said it in the comments. Heat wave in the UK and Arsenal contract news heating up so much. We burnt the planet. So, yeah, um, it is kicking off um, this side of the Atlantic in terms of the temperature. And, uh, you know, uh, onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards, indeed. It's been a it's been a bit of a weird week. It's been fairly quiet on the transfer front. There's been some. You know, weird stuff going on uh, elsewhere at the club. But the most exciting thing is uh, we're back. Preseason has started. There are no major injury concerns heading into the season right now. And there are a few rumblings that we're going to talk to in a little bit. Um, I don't even know where we go with the hottest of takes at the moment. But I am going to go to you first because uh, you're the only person that's on the show. So it's, you know, <laughs> pretty. Oh, I still feel important anyway. Thank you. I'm yeah. going hottest of takes. I mean, look, pre-season, a lot of the stuff you're going to see, you take it with a pinch of salt, you have to. At the end of the day, we're usually playing, you know, teams who are fielding guys who might not even play for their team that year themselves. Um, but, you, t- you you know, you can forget about the bad, ignore it if you like at this stage. But the good, you leap on and you say, that is a sign of things to come. And Gabby Jesus, dear, oh dear. I mean, there's a finish in there. There's a finish. I saw someone tweeting about, you know, they basically put Chunky Ronaldo there and, and likened it to that. And and I like that comparison. I'm not for a second saying that Gabby Jesus you is about to... What's that? You're calling Gabby call... Jesus fat? No, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm saying Chunky Ronaldo, not, not the ripped up one playing for United. But in general, that lethal finishing... Oh yeah, it's an, it's too too narrow an option at the near post. You're never going to be able to whack. Don't question me. That's what Ronaldo used to do, and Gabby Jesus has obviously been you know just uh, sniffing his smoke because the fact is is he delivered a little bit of that Ronaldo magic. And I tell you what, if he is a fraction of the player that man was for Arsenal, we are going to be onto something. But great to see, you know, from a team that. Had such a dearth of striking options outside of Eddie Kruger last year. This guy's come in and looks like he looked hungry. So very, very, um, very encouraging. Very encouraging. Fine. Before I before I do get into uh, my hottest take, the intro song as put forward by Deflected Mind. It's called Mirror Man. It's by a North London band called The Pacers. I I don't bring it up. I've got to give them more credit where it's due because this podcast started and there was only about 14 people listening. So it was it was a sweet gesture by a, by a band and now it's a little bit bigger. I need to give credit. The song is Mirror Man by The Pacers. Um, 
they're, they've got an awesome vibe about them. They're Arsenal fans and they very quietly <laughs> let me use this song about three years ago and we still use it today. You know, it's a thing. Uh, okay, my, my hottest of um, takes is I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the season, man. I am really, really excited about how we're shaping up as a team. I think there's always this this weird sort of thing that goes on in the fan base. Is the Arteta needed to do uh, work a, a sort of a Man City model without the the right players to do it, and we saw last season that he could create a team that could create chances and create shots, but we didn't have the right finishing. And I don't understand why anyone thought that putting a striker into our system wasn't going to add um, to to our game. And Gabriel Jesus, you're like, oh my god, he presses, he attacks the front post. He's got amazing finishing. And what I love about him is he has the ability to stop and, uh, and, and, and make a move out of nothing. Somebody on uh, in the YouTube comments said, I deserve every piece of criticism I get for comparing him to uh, Luis Suarez and the sort of explosive nature of his game. I disagree. Listen, I, I like the unpredictability of, uh, of Jesus. Um, I like his uh, finishing. I like how he connects the play. Is he exactly the same player as Luis Suarez? No, and we don't want him to be. But I've, it, he gives me those sort of vibes. You know, small man, um, powerful, explosive, hardworking. Um, I'm sure the, the the personal character is a little bit nicer. And you know what I loved about Jesus after the game is someone said something to the effect of, you know, you're the superstar of the team. And he's like, I didn't come here to be a superstar. I came here to be part of a team, and then he gave props to Eddie, um, who I, I think he got an assist off Eddie hitting the underside of the bar for one of the goals. But I just think that he's he's uh, he's a transformational signing, and if we can keep him fit this season, I think I think he could get twenty goals. I'm really confident that he is going to be um, he's going to take take a leadership position. He's going to grow into that role. He's only 25 years old. We've got a player heading into his peak. He's going to give the best years to us. Um, and I, I also like preseason gets you excited about every single player that steps on the pitch. Charlie Patino, he's bulked up. He wasn't getting pushed off the ball. We've got the the young German English centre back. I don't know how you say uh, his name. Real. Um, I don't know. I've I've completely butchered that. But um, the, the the young centre back that came into the team, Ainsley was there. Hector was there, like, a, you know, a whole bunch of players that probably won't be there come the start of the season. But it's just nice to see us in a new kit. There's new vibes. We're going to push on in the transfer market. There's a lot of positivity around what's going to happen with Arsenal this season. And it feels it feels like we're going into the season. And I, I, I feel like I can puff my chest out a little bit. I fancy us to take down Spurs. I've got Spurs fans in my feed. I'm going like, I'm, I'm coming for them this season. Because I think we're going to finish above them. And I think Arsenal are going to do some damage this year. And I've never been so positive going into a season. So my hottest to take is, is all about positivity. And if we can build some momentum going into at like leaving, leaving the first month of the season, which is you know five games in August, this could be an exciting season. Who knows where it's going to go? But those, five, those first five games are absolutely crucial. Um, and there, you know, I, I think that we should just jump right into the next section because the one of the most important things that I always want to talk about early on in this show is the big man, <clears throat> Johnny. It's been a it's been it's been a long road getting here. Uh, there's been some ups and downs. There's been some heartache. There's been some awful press stories. Uh, there's been some terrible uh, theories about what's going to happen. But there are there are rumblings in the system. The, the Willow, let's call him Willow. Willow Saliba is going to sign a new deal with Arsenal. Some are saying that he's already put pen to paper. Johnny, in this important moment for the Saliba Ultra movement, how do you feel? Um, I'd love to hear some words about um, about this. And it fe- it still feels like a hottest of takes. Because this is fresh. Um, yeah, so we, we were just talking about this. And I don't know whether it's like um, a done deal about this contract extension, but there's a lot of smoke around it. And even I, who have questioned whether he would be, you know, reintegrated into the team after what I have, you know, been on record as saying, I think he was treated poorly. And some people are coming back at me now being like, hold up, well, it's worked perfectly. And I'm I'm sure they would be saying that. That's fair enough if they believe it. And, um, you know, I, 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 I can't say I'm in... I, basically, I can agree with the fact it's worked out well. Whether or not this was always the best way to do it, is neither here nor there anymore. If he stays, we've got the best of both worlds. 
Now, we talked about potential reasons for that as well. You look at him there as well. The guy has just been to the barber. He's got a fresh, you know, shape up, not sick little fade, you know. And when you think about his pictures when he came last time, hair was a bit raggy. The goatee, you know, was all over the gaff. And I think it might have been written into his contract that it was like, you know, you've you got to just get a bit tighter on the grooming. You know what I mean? And before anyone says it, yeah, you can talk, Johnny. Okay, I, I go wild with my hair. Sure, I do. But, you know, I, I haven't had to renegotiate from a contract at Arsenal. But it's, look, let, let's, you know, I digress. The fact is, is whatever happened, and I don't think necessarily that, um, you know, it, it was it still was the best way to have handled everything. However, I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm more interested in the fact that I think it looks like he's going to stay. And as I've said before, I think he is going to be absolutely instrumental. If we are going to have a bonkers season, it's because I believe we're going to have the best young player in the Premier League and it's going to be this guy. I think he's going to be a standout performer barring injury. And, uh, you know, you've got a coiled spring there that is ready to blow. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of people have said, you know, Johnny's put his name on this. I have. I have. I back this man. I'm. You won't see me going out there. You won't see me going out there for a lot of players. And I'm putting my name on Saliba. I reckon he's going to have a, a breakout year. It's it's the thing, personally. You know, maybe Jesus a bit as well, but it's the it's the player I'm most excited about seeing regularly this year, which is weird for a central defender as opposed to an attacker. But that's how transformational I believe he will be in, in the Arsenal team. And if we can reintegrate him with a new contract, get him believing that his future, you know, outside of the next odd season may actually be at Arsenal, we can really, really start to shine here because we've got all of the building blocks around him from a defensive point of view. There are other aspects that I am um, still very worried about, and I'm not quite as optimistic as you, the way things are ambling on, but we'll get to them. Defensively, outside of that left back, I think we're in very good shape, but we have to secure a quality left back. Otherwise, so much of the optimism that I felt at times would fade. But William Saliba is central, along with Gabriel Jesus, to my to any positivity that I'm holding at this stage. Well, listen, I'm excited, and uh, we did we did speak earlier about how William Saliba turned up to training last year with that wispy beard. It's like not not anymore. He's got he's got it trimmed down. His haircut is looking unbelievably fresh. Looks a little bit more aggressive. Um, I think he I think he probably carries himself differently. He's not going to fear anything. Guy dropped four and a half thousand minutes last year, which is absolutely unbelievable. The guy has so much power that because Sam Pauli couldn't sign him at Marseille, he quit. He quit. He literally he he's he's left Marseille and he's 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 left a wreck. He's left a wreck. They're, they're never going to get over him. But um on a serious note, I'm I'm excited about um, having him in the squad because it 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 just means that we can when we rotate our defenders in Europa League, we've got a whole group of defenders that can play with the ball at their feet. Um, when somebody gets injured, there's always going to be someone that that allows us to continue with the style of play. And I just love that, like having good levels of competition um, at Arsenal because the the players that didn't have um, competition last season struggled right um uh, Aaron Ramsdale didn't really have uh competition and when he's formed dip there wasn't really uh much of an option when Ben White and Gabrielle started to dip in form there wasn't competition so you just it, we were kind of stuck with the problem um so I, I'm, I'm glad that we've got four you know we'll, we'll probably have four top quality centre-backs next season all the a whole group of them that can be used for different reasons. I still think Bob Holding is a great defender to come on when you're defending a lead um, against the top side. And uh, like defensively, if we can, uh, in this talk that we're going to sign another right back, I'm not quite sure about that. But if we can get a really good left back in that can deputize, this talk of Grimaldo, I don't think Lissandro Martinez is going to happen now. But we're cooking from a defensive perspective. And I think William Saliba has got to be saying to himself, he's got to be setting targets. He's like, I want to I, I be getting 10 games 
by the end of November. I want to start. I want to prove myself. And I really, really hope he delivers because I think his attitude through this has been absolutely exceptional. Hasn't complained. Has gone away on a loan. Probably had the best loan of any Arsenal player ever. And I think he's I think he's going to be good. I think I hope he's going to be good. I hope for your sake, Johnny, that he's good. Because if he's not, I'm going to be coming for you. <laughs> no, I, am, no. I am going to be coming for you. All right. Okay. Let's move on uh, to the uh, to the to the next topic. Uh, we've already spoke about Gabriel Jesus, but what a debut and what an impact he seems to be making um, everywhere. Richarlison versus Gabby Jesus. Get out of my face. Get out of my face, Spurs fans. Um, let's talk about um, Lucas Paqueta. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Lucas ba- Lucas Paqueta is, uh, has been linked with Arsenal. Uh, he's, a, he's a number eight. A lot of people that watch uh, League On uh, say that Lucas Paqueta was uh, one of the top three players uh, in France last year. He is Brazilian. Leon have said that they would like 65 million for him, uh, which is fantasy land. I remember them trying to push us for 55 million for Hossem Owa. How did that end up? They can't even shift him for 12 million now. Um, this this guy is a, a chance creator. Uh, he can play in midfield. Has the sort of like skim, similar skill set to Yuri Tielemans. Um Johnny, this 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 is the second coming of Bruno, I think, in a way that you know one of those players that everybody's been highlighting, everybody wants at their club. Uh, people are really excited about this. Uh, what 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 do you think about him? What do you know about him? Is this the sort of move that we should be making? Should we be creating uh, a Brazilian click at Arsenal, or are we overloading now? Um, I, I don't know about overloading, and I've got to be honest, like outside of. As I think a lot of people, especially the way our targets have been shifting, I know this guy from a YouTube highlight reel, which makes me an expert on him. Uh, yep. Obviously not. Um, but yeah, looks tidy. Hear good things. Um, at this stage, based on some of the other targets that we've already been in for and it hasn't worked out, I'm not going to hold my breath. What what kind of gets me about um, players like this? And it doesn't it doesn't exclude him from being good. It's that when we've actively gone after other players and it doesn't seem to work and then you're on to your second and third choice, um, it's kind of like, was there always a plan for this guy? And, and don't get me wrong, you can't have it both ways. I've said in the past, you know, if you look at the Vlajevic situation, where and I know it was January, but still, if you don't get your primary target and you have a need, then there has to be a backup option. So I've got to give them props if they are going after players who you know, fit the need rather than it having to be contingent on just that one player. But, um, you know, overall, let's be realistic about it. We have some severe needs, I would say, in our squad. And where this guy would be filling in is not, it's not to say we wouldn't, couldn't use him, but it's not the most severe need. I need a left back. It's really, it's starting to give me palpitations, mate. You know, I can't, I can't go on a stag do and lose it and have that dreary day afterwards still thinking about Arsenal's left-back situation. I'm the soul-searching. <laughs> it gets too much for me. At the end of the day, I am no longer willing to stake my happiness on Kieran uh, Tierney's hamstrings and knees. I think that he is good for at least half the season out injured again. I love the guy, but we can't. we cannot call it being unlucky if he gets injured again. We know what it is. Johnny, you got you got to get back on this left central midfielder. We've got a whole section on left back. Right, okay, okay. Well, so in general, I mean, obviously, and, and well done, Pete, for raining me in, but the fact is, is there is a situation kind of brushed over it in the um, last pod that we don't necessarily know now that party was on the plane. There's That's all still up in the air as to what will happen. Obviously... I think we need a backup in midfield anyway. I personally like Tielemans just purely because we know what he looks like in the Premier League. He's done it. And I'd rather have less and less unknown quantities at this stage. When you're telling me, obviously, we can talk about that fee being, you know, a a little outlandish from Leon, But the reality is, is Tielemans going to be so much cheaper than that. And when, if you can say Tielemans um, for, what, 30 million in his last year. I just don't think they can ask for any more than that. And any money you're saving, whack it in an extra bundle to get Zinchenko 
you know, then suddenly I'm not here thinking, oh, we missed out on Paqueta. I'm saying, get me Tielemans and uh, Zinchenko and I'll be a happy man. So I know I'm kind of bundling them in together. But for me, we can't pretend that we've got an endless amount of money, particularly the way Arsenal roll. And if it means getting this guy and missing out on some of our more immediate concerns, then I'm not, I'm not willing to be getting that gassed over him. I think there are other options in this position. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Uh, like, I, 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 of course, I always want to sign a sixty-five million pound uh, Brazilian creator, hard pressing, pretty you know, pretty sound defensive player. But it just doesn't make sense when you've got Tielemans. It's like we've got to de-risk the squad a little bit next season. Fabio Vieira looks like an absolute gem, but you can't deny he he looks like he's going to get pushed around a little bit um, in yeah. his first season. He's going to find it difficult. Other clubs are going to kick him up, kick him about for sure. I don't think you can just load up from Europe and expect to, to hit the ground running. And if you're spending, um, if you've got the choice of Tielemans, who is tried and true, um, a Belgian international top, top talent uh, for half the price, I think you've got to put your money there. That's where the sensible money is. And I do think that one of the sharper things that we did last season uh, was sign a lot of players with Premier League experience because when after we'd lost the first three games, all of the new signings, at least at most of the new signings that started, at least they understood the Premier League. Even Martin Erdegaard, you know, he'd, he'd already done six months in the Premier League. Um, so I, I think that this is a bit of a stretch. And it does feel like every time we get linked to a Lyon player, it doesn't, it doesn't really happen unless it's... Uh, a player that we deeply regret at some point. So I'm, uh, the only reason that I've got this up there is that the journalist that sort of had an early in on the Gabriel uh, Jesus story has this story and says that we're interested. And um, I think it's Ben Jacobs, a journalist who seems to have quite a lot of new information, a new journalist on the scene, um, trying to take over from uh, David Ornstein. He also says that the interest is real. But... Like uh, you always have to remember in the social media ecosystem, clubs have a big say. Like I, I think that people forget, like the the selling club leaks the price of players. Um, the buying club, the buying club of Yuri Tielemans, might leak that they're after Paqueta because then that makes Leicester double check. Because if Leicester are like, well, nobody else is interested in this player, he could end up going on a free transfer. It might force them to the table. So um, I'm I, I'm I'm not overly keen on the player because I don't really know him. But I actually think that it's far more likely that we're just going to do a deal for Tielemans. I just hope that we don't wait until the end of the window to to get it done because I feel like last season the elephant in the room was we don't have a striker that's fit for the system. This season the elephant in the room is our midfield really needs to get some sort of bolstering, and it seems to be the only position that. We don't really have any real red-hot leads. So, fingers crossed on that. All right, Johnny, next one. We're going to talk about uh, left-back. So, we have gone from... Yeah, I think you and I took excitement levels to a, a, a 10 or an 11 last week for Lissandro Martinez. Uh, he looked like a, one of those super innovative signings, very exciting, like good distributor from the back, can play in midfield, can play at centre-back, was a, a, a like a salmon in the air. Uh, one of the best um, in the Dutch league at defending um, aerial balls. Uh, things appear to have changed. Ten Hag is very keen. The, the price for Lissandro Martinez is rumoured to have gone up to 63 million, which seems absolutely outrageous for someone to cover for Kieran Tierney. So Arsenal are pivoting, and the rumour coming out of uh, the Portuguese press via Zach Lowey is uh, Grimaldo. Um, he's not Portuguese. He is Spanish. He's uh, come out of La Masia. He went, to Bar- he went from uh, Barcelona to Benfica for $2 million. He's been fairly decent. The fee is about $7 million. He's 26 years old. Um, he can do the power and pace things that Kieran Tierney can do, but because he's trained at La Masia, he's also very good at connecting the play. Some people say he's not that good uh, as a defender. Other people say he was uh, rated as a £30 million talent uh, a season or so ago. Uh, Johnny, what do you make of this? Does this get you excited? Are you getting out of bed for a bit of Grimaldo? Um, certainly would, quite frankly, but um, it was quite interesting. I hadn't really heard the rumours till I read um, the blog the other day, and you did a nice little piece on it, so well done, Pete. Thank um, you. Legro.co.uk, if you don't know. There you go, there you go. And um, 
yeah, you know, the way you broke it down, I thought was um, quite interesting for a player I hadn't really heard much of before I read that. Had a little look afterwards, but um, basically to the tune that he was, you know, ahead of Nuno Tavares, um, very much an up and down left back and one that is very good from an attacking point of view in terms of knowing where to run, which is very much Tierney-like. So it's, you know, from a point of view of how much we'd have to change from when Tierney and Grimaldo, if we were to get him, were in and out of the team, it seems a much more interchangeable duo. Um, for me, though, obviously, you know, and, and I, I, I guess the way you're framing it there is partly because it looks like we're going to miss out on him. But Martinez, as far as I'm concerned, was not coming in as a backup for Tierney. He's coming in to be our left-back, and Tierney was going to have to try and prove that he can stay fit or he's not going to play football anymore for us. And that, and I'd be very happy, you know, respectfully to Tierney. I think he's a great player, committed when he plays. But at this stage, we can't hold hands. Like, if, you, if you're going to keep missing half the season every year, this is not about niceties anymore. We've got to get back to being ruthless as a football club. Um, and at the end of the day, um, this guy, you know, some of when I was actually reading what you were, um, uh, what you'd written about Grimaldo, gave me an image in my head of a young Nacho Monreal. Because that's what the kind of vibe that Nacho used to give you in terms of incredibly durable, up and down, would always be on the burn. And different What a people... great player. What a great player I, Nacho I was. was. I really was top player. Say, I was just going to say, I think some people underrated him. At the end of the day, he was 100% committed all the time. And I think he was deceptively good, Nacho Monreal. Was he as good as like a legendary left back at Arsenal? No, he wasn't. You know, but he he weren't far off it. You know, what I mean, like he was that next tier down. Scored big goals for us. Was the heartbeat at times to keep us going. And if Grimaldo was anything, you know, in that mould of a Monreal, it would be an upgrade on what we had based on the fact that you know, presumably he might stay fit for more than what uh, Kieran Tierney would. Ultimately. <clears throat> What I would say is I would prefer other options. If we can get our hands on Zinchenko, we start ruffling some feathers at Man City. We're going to have to do something a bit more special if we're going to get something like that going, though. We'd have to, one, be promising him he's our starting left back. I think, personally, I would make those promises to a player that we were that keen on. I know Kieran is a good player when he's fit, but at this stage, we can't be... You know, again, we can't be holding his hand. And if, if if there's a quality target out there, proven winner, we should be able to make them a promise that, yeah, you will be starting. And obviously, you've got a very able deputy in Kieran Tierney who may displace you if you don't play well. But players just like Gabriel Jesus coming from that project at City, if Zinchenko was going to come, it would be to really consolidate his name and reputation and standing. And I don't think he'd fear a bit of competition from beneath from a, a very able player in Kieran Tierney. But at this stage, more than anything, we need, you know, a durable, solid fullback in that position. Yeah, I agree. I've got, uh, this is uh, something that's come up quite a few times. I've uh, got Neil in the comments. How is Martinez coming into play left back when he's only played there a handful of times in his whole career? Uh, that's exactly where he's coming back in. Don't ask how I know. He is coming in. If, if Arsenal signed him, he was coming in as a, as a, as a left back. They see him as a, a player that can progress play in the same way as uh, Cancela does for Manchester City. He would not be coming in as a centre back. And just to, like super basics, I think he's like five foot nine. Arteta is absolutely obsessed um, with uh, w- with height in general in his in his centre backs and you know how we defend them. I don't think he's bringing in a five foot nine centre back uh, to, to Arsenal. I don't think it works in the Premier League either. You know with We've seen it in the past, and Arsenal had big problems like five or six years ago. There's too many high balls into the box. You need tall centre backs. Um, but I, I, I'm like, the Grimaldo thing for me is just smart business. Um, I, I think you know like he's a capable player. Um, there's an opportunity for him to develop. You know he's had a few injuries, which I think is why he's you know at Benfica and he didn't make it at Barcelona. But for seven million pound, you can then focus your money on a better midfield. You know, like Arsenal have got a pot of money, 180 to 200 million to spend, and things are moving about dependent on uh, on the needs. But if we if we got a good solid filler at left back, and it was Grimaldo, I'd be 
I think I would be happy with that um, based on what I've read. So um, we'll, we'll see how that how that one moves. Just the only to... thing, the only thing though, Pete, when even in your like kind of puff piece of him, it's like, yeah, he was starting above Nuno Tavares. Well, we saw what we, we saw what Nuno was serving up uh, the Lord of Chaos last year. Like being ahead of Nuno Tavares is not enough of a, a benchmark at this stage. I'm not saying that means he's rubbish. I'm saying that yeah. you know. Uh, but he, you know, he's he's played in the Champions League, and I think that that's um, that's the sort of level that yeah. that we want to hit. And and my my assumption is that he's been fairly well scouted. I hope. But seven million, it's not it's not a terrible risk. It's just a little bit worried. It's like um, Cedric Portuguese, Grimaldo Portuguese, Nuno Portuguese hasn't really worked out so well for us lately. I'm not saying that Portuguese that Portugal doesn't churn out uh, good good fullbacks. But I'm just saying that we haven't been very good at sniffing them out so far. So uh, let's uh, we'll see how that goes. I want to talk about the uh, the next the next player, and we let's we need to dance around this one, Johnny. We need to dance. I need you to take a moment when you see what I put up on the screen here. We've been linked with uh, Ingolo Kante. Yeah, uh, I I don't think Arsenal would go for Kante. I think that this rumor is just troublemaking from a newspaper that is more than capable of doing that. Um, if we needed to bolster in central midfield, how would you feel about N'Golo Conte, 31 years old, 290,000 a week? Well, do you know what? I think part of it comes down to the fact of some of these numbers that we come out with, like wages and stuff, it's speculation at the end of the day. Because if we were to offer Kante a way out, it would presumably be you're going to come to us and you're going to play games at the tail end of your career. And so if you were being offered that and he's not going to be offered that at Chelsea, then if you're being offered for a man who's obviously made a lot of money throughout his career, you know, maybe 40, 50, 60 grand left. It was say he was on 200 grand a week at us for on a short-term contract. We've been there before, obviously, with another guy from Chelsea. It didn't work out with. Um, but I'm I, I'm just saying that I think that we should be able to get Kante if he even wants to come to us for less wages than what he's currently on because presumably he'd only come to us at this stage to play football. Um, now, when we think about some of the business that we've done off Chelsea in the last few years, we're talking David Luiz. We're talking Willian. I mean, you say his name is Shudder. Gallas. Um, Gallas, well, Gallas before that as well, you know, they obviously got Ashley Cole going the other way, but and, um, you know, Petr Cech, for what it was, you know, towards the end, he started well, but towards the end faded as well, in my opinion. I would be the most happy about this signing than I would have, than I was about any of the other Chelsea rejects. N'Golo Kante, unquestionably, has lost a step. Oh, and obviously, I'm going to get my Patrick Swayze dirty dancing shoes on now for why we might need him, OK? But um, if that position did become available for the next season, then I don't know if we get, on a very short-term basis, a guy who would offer us much more. People can talk about the fact Kante lost a step, but you're talking about a guy who was so far ahead of the field before, when he starts losing a step, he only comes back to the pack. I think that N'Golo Kante has been absolutely a sensational top, top class player and been the best defensive midfielder in the world for years preceding the season that's just gone. And I do think that he's fallen off a little bit, but he's, he's, he's not like nothing. And I actually think that it's more a case of Chelsea trying to go in new directions and that's why they've uh, dropped in that team. What we can't do is make mistakes about a length of contract with him you know, if he's like cowering and saying, I want three years or whatever, you can't do that at this stage. But if it is a case of, do you want to come in and play for a year or two? I think he would add legs to our midfield. He still runs around a lot, even if he's slightly slower. He's a fantastic football player. And, um, you know, this isn't saying that I, I would go after him actively, but if we were to do it, it would be the signing from Chelsea we've made that I'd have the least issue with out of anyone. Because... I'm telling you, he's absolutely cut from the cloth, the guy. He's completely, his peak has been completely world-class, best in the world in his position. 
And I still think he's capable of being, well, far better than some of the players we currently have. In the, but I put it this way, he's better than El Nene still. And he's and I think he adds far more legs and running than Granite Xhaka, far more quicker. I think, um, you know, if we were to get him in on the short term, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with uh, Lynn, Lynn Simpson in the uh, in the comments. Injury prone players, let's uh, let's steer clear of that. I, I, I think that this is just a troublemaking link to to start with. I think. Kante is a top player. It doesn't really fit the profile um, of of what we're looking for. I don't like buying uh, from Chelsea. I don't like relieving them of massive salary because let's be honest, Kante should be on 290 grand a week because he's been worth it. Back-to-back Premier League titles with Leicester and Chelsea. I mean, it's, uh, it's absolutely... World um, Cup winner, playing every week, you know, yeah. jump for France. <clears throat> and still, as someone mentioned... Um, I, I, the, my favorite story during the demise of Arsene Wenger was uh, we had Kante at the training ground. Um, Arsenal were interested in signing him, but Arsene Wenger eventually landed on the idea that at that particular time, Francois Coquelin had uh, had the best defensive numbers in Europe. Do you remember the sun? The sun yeah, ran that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Arsene Zola. Yeah, Coquelin. And Arsene Wenger believed that by signing Granite Xhaka, he had the best um, deep-line midfielder. So the combination of the best tackler and the best passer for midfield would be better than Angola Conte. <laughs> and, you know, he's just like, oh, my days. Like when, <laughs> yeah, so it's... Um, that was that, that was my... That, that was basically why I put Conte into the into the... The thing because uh, that was so painful that one missing out and Kante at that point when everyone knew it's it like no we're going to get a Xhaka instead and people were like no just get Kante just get it done and then all oh, right Chelsea have got him now oh, it, was, it was horrible but yeah it's not like he's had a great career since then has it <laughs> no and uh I, I think the other one uh, uh the other one that no one's ever spoken about I'm pretty sure that Arsenal passed on Virgil van Dijk because uh Cal Chambers was the recommendation yeah, you can't kill Callum, can you? Do you know you what I mean? Can't. You can't. And you know what? You know what? Arsene Wenger was right on that one. He was right. Uh, okay, let's um, let's move on to a, an interesting topic. Sometimes a rumor just hangs around like a bad smell, and you're like, "That's a weird rumor," and then you ignore it, and then you can smell it again. You're like, "Oh wow, that that rumor's back." Centre back Gabby to Juventus. This rumor does not want to die. Um, it's been going on since January. The player, to me, looks happy. He's just had his hair plugs. Um, so he's happy and his level is going to go up another level. I have got that TikTok where he's he's getting that surgery because I'm going there. When when my hair goes, I am going there. I am getting hair plugs. I don't give a shit. Who knows? I'll do it, I'll do it on TikTok because that's how important my hair is to me. So fair play to him for doing that. Give him his confidence back. Maybe he'll play a little bit better this season. But centre-back Gabby to Juventus has been a rumour that just will not die. Johnny, do you think there is any chance that Arsenal would sell Gabriel to Juventus? Uh, Where are they getting the money from? Like, what's going on here? I mean, if there was something like that, the money that would have to come back to us would have to be quite eye-catching. Because I've heard it being banded around like, you know, Forty-five million pound. Why would we do that? I mean, if we were to sell Gabriel for forty-five million, as far as I'm concerned, it would undo so much of the positive work we've done in terms of our centre-half reinforcements this summer, namely securing Saliba. Because once we start heading into a season with Gabriel, Ben White, Saliba, um, and and Bobby Olding playing back up to them. That's when I could start feeling confident. You get rid of your, on paper at the moment, the number one centre-half still is Gabriel, as far as I can see. And if you got rid of him, despite it meaning that William Saliba would play every week, which obviously I'd be excited about, um, I'd, I'd, far, I'd be far more confident with the not only the guy who seemed the most solid, as far as I'm concerned, last year in terms of our centre-halves, but also... Uh, carried a cheeky goal for it last year. You know, he was banging in some big goals. Did he get and, five? Uh, 
You yeah. get five goals. Yeah. It's nothing to turn your nose up at from a centre half position. Um, not saying he's going to do that every year, but it was nice to have him, you know, uh, set pieces like corners and stuff where you actually felt like you carried a threat again last year. And that's not all Gabriel, but he was a big part of it. Um, so I don't think it's real. I think we'd be mad to entertain it at this stage unless it involved a player coming back the other way. Um, maybe a disaffected striker, Vlajevic on a cut price deal. You can have Gabriel, we'll give you some money, you know. Um, but no, I don't think, you know, um, I don't think that's what's going to be happening. And well, well Johnny, uh, Mikel Sorensen in the comments is saying that uh, they're uh, that Delict, uh, the Dutch defender of Ajax notoriety, is a transfer target for Manchester City. They are reportedly putting in a bid of £76 million. Uh, Juventus with £76 million in their bank account. The only way Arsenal would let it go is if they got all of that £76 million for Gabriel. And like you say, they'd have to be a really good defender that they were thinking about. It just seems like a weird thing, right? It just seems odd. I just don't, we've invested too much in him to just let him go as soon as he's starting to look like a, a bit of a player. I, I don't, I don't, it is what you said, like, if they get 76 for Delict, we're going to need all of that. Going to need all of Every that. Every simple, yeah. Hey, hey, City, don't bother paying Juventus. Just give it over here, okay, because they're taking out, like, like no one's skimming any extra. There's no agent fees. Going to need it. Every bit 76. I mean, for me, I even put it in the little wrap that I did uh, recently. Check it out, people, if you haven't already. Um, on the Twitter and whatnot. But um, basically, oh, now we can get music on here. That's got to come out, get a wrap up. But I mentioned quite deliberately deliberately the the um, kind of similarities, if you like, not overall, like, like complete like for like, but the similarities with Sol Campbell. And that was that I feel like it's probably our most dominant defender in terms of someone being able to come in and just clean house um, since Sol Campbell. And I wasn't even talking tongue-in-cheek in that, or, ju- you know, just to make it rhyme, to make my my rap work. The fact is, is the likes of Koscielny, people like that, have all been good. But Koscielny, I've seen bullied at times. Per Matasaka was slightly too slow. Um, Vermaelen wasn't here for long enough and he was too small. Um, in terms of a physically imposing person who, when they are coming up against your Harry Canes and your... You, this year it will be your Harlands. I don't worry about him in 50-50s. If anything, the only thing I, I worry about with him at any point is his temperament. And I like the fact that he's aggressive and I like the fact that he smashes through someone every now and then. So it would be a massive backward step if we were to entertain it. And I just do not know why we would do it unless there was something seriously, you know, big kicking off behind the scenes that we've managed to keep a lid on up to now. Yeah, and Claire Keenan uh, points out Gabriel needs to stay for a chat with our number 16. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, lo- I I said a few weeks ago, I said uh, 99% of the people that watch our shows uh, are men, and I'm glad to see that there is a bit of representation uh, coming through in the, in, in, the, in the people that watch the show, so that's great to hear. Um, so, Johnny, uh, yeah, I think that this is a weird rumour. I'm... But... Arsenal are now in a weird position where fans are like, we never sell anyone, but we haven't really had anyone worth selling in a few years. Now we have players that uh, that, that we could sell. And if I think that Arsenal, I don't know, I'd like, if we're spending a lot of money. Some, some it's got to come back at some point. So it'd be very interesting to see whether that be quite interesting as well. Pep Guardiola uh, vicariously uh, funding Mikel Arteta. Um, giving him Gabriel Jesus and a little 76 million in a roundabout way. Um, right, next one I want to talk about. And this is kind of related to your rap about the captain. That was that was right. Rap, yeah. you rapped, captain you Conundrum. Oh, captain yes. Conundrum. A lot of people came back at you and said you didn't mention Erdegaard, right? He was the one guy I didn't mention. It... Oh, the yeah. curse. The curse of Johnny. The big story is that Martin Erdegaard is um, going to get the captain's armband. You did an entire rap diss at him. The diss was that you didn't even mention. Mariah Carey is famous for when somebody disses her and they say, oh, what do you think about what Britney Spears said about you? She says, I don't know who Britney Spears is. Johnny, did you did you diss Martin Erdegaard on purpose? Are you a little bit Mariah? 
Um, you did, did I didn't do you? it on purpose? No, I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do it on purpose in that way. But I guess if there was anything that led to it, it was that Erdegaard was the front runner, and I wanted to give it a bit more credence to the other people who personally. I've got to be honest, I don't think Erdegaard should be the captain. I don't. He is not the guy I would go for. I don't think it's an abomination that he's got it. He is preferable to Zaka, uh, Shaka, sorry. Um, but there were better options in our um, in that team than Erdegaard, I thought. But at the end of the day, again, it's not a disaster. I personally, you know, we're talking about him leaving potentially, but Gabriel looked like captain material. I do think in a few years... Mm. We might be talking about Big Bill Saliba. Who would have funk it? Who would have funk it when he was out, out on loan, and people were just loving up everything Arteta did? He went, he must be a bad egg. And if he ends up getting the strap, that would be amazing. But uh, and obviously Saka, personally, you know, I think he's our best player. I don't, I, I don't necessarily think he should get the armband. It's a bit too much pressure at this stage. But again, I don't hate it. But he certainly wouldn't have been my choice. Um, but what I do, what I would vouch for him on is I do feel like he has the right character for a responsibility like that. I saw a lot of um, situations last year where in tough positions, he was still going, plenty of talking. That's what I want from my captain. One of my issues with Erdegaard is actually to do with the fact that we found ourselves bound a few times in recent years by giving the captain's armband to a player who shouldn't necessarily be guaranteed to start in place, in my opinion. And I think Erdegaard is borderline on the cusp of that because I have no issues with Erdegaard playing, but there are some times when I'm like, you know, if if Emil Smith-Rowe's out the team, um, could we give Smith-Rowe a go? You know, I think if Erdegaard's in there, he's much less likely to be getting dropped, which means that with him playing in that position all the time... And to be honest, I do still think that there are... Basically, I think... It's not to say I don't think Erdegaard will be our future in that position, but I think there's other potentials either outside the club at the moment or um, already within the club being given an opportunity in that position. And um, obviously, if we give him a captain, if the captain's armband is much less likely to be rotated out. So, you know, if it's to be him, then fair enough. Obviously, we all get behind him. And um, I do. I like his character in general, but he wouldn't have been my first choice. Well, he's going to be my first choice. When Granite Jack had joined Arsenal, and they were the, the Arsenal were really trying to double down on his character, and uh, he did a little interview with the Guardian, and he said that when he was younger, despite being the younger brother in the relationship, his mum would always let him look after the keys, and I yeah. feel like I would let Martin Erdegaard look after my keys, safe in the knowledge that he's never going to leave them on a bar, they're never going to drop down the back of a couch because he's going to guard those keys with his life because he's a responsible boy and uh, he's, he's never taken crazy risks. Like, you're, you are never going to have Martin Erdegaard away on a stag weekend regretting what he did three days later. Let's be 100% clear. <laughs> I, think, I, I think Martin Erdegaard is uh, hardworking, speaks multiple languages. Uh, I think he's he's got quite a lot of experience for somebody so young. He's had a lot of ups and downs in his careers. I think he's supremely talented. And I think everybody at the club is super impressed with him. And, you know, like part of the reason that they brought him back is he came at, he, you know, he joined the club originally during quite a bad period and he stood out for um, his leadership skills. So um, I think, I think it's the right decision. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure about Gabriel. I mean, like uh, he's a he's a leader by example on the pitch, but I think that there might be quite a lot of rotation with the centre backs. I think Martin Odegaard will probably play 45, 50 games this season, and um, I, I hope that he lives up to it. And you know, anybody that anybody that is the captain of a team that has Haaland in it at international level has got something about them, you know? I would have. I think most people would think that Haaland would be the captain of Norway. Uh, he's not. So uh, I think this is a smart decision. And I I, I, genu- I think the, the problem, my worry was that we were going to give it to Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney isn't quite the person that everybody thinks that he is behind the scenes. I don't think many people that work at Arsenal will tell you that he would have been good captain material. But he's kind of like blood and guts. He's very Premier League-ish. You know, he's got that sort of Roy of the Rovers vibe about him. But... 
he's injury prone. And Arsenal, yeah. Arsenal went through a bit of a phase of giving the captain armband to injury prone players. William Gallas was a disaster. Um, we gave it to did um did Robin Van Persie have it for a little bit? Oh, certainly. He he was quite a while. He had it. Yeah, he's um injury prone. Thomas Vermaelen, Per Mertesacker. Vermont. They were Definitely. all. They were all. They were never on the Shelney. pitch. Kishelny, Kishelny, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to someone that has um, fitness and a, a robustness, because I, I, you know there, there are there are a lot of Arsenal fans that try and go. Uh, the captain, the captain's armband isn't important, uh, you know, like that sort of nihilistic. Nothing is important in the game. People that the same people that used to say that passion wasn't important um, in a manager, and now every single club wants a passionate manager on the sidelines. I think the captain arm armband is important. I think it's important that you have a collection of leaders, but I think having that stability, the one sort of go-to person, and I think giving it to the most responsible player feels better to me than giving it to a player as a bribe. So uh, so are you suggesting that that technique that was used to make a man out of Granite Xhaka, giving him the keys, should we give that to Fabio Vieira? Like, you know, he needs to bulk up. We'll get him on the whey protein, him and Charlie Patino, and, and both build them some custom-made keys that weigh like 200 pounds or something like that to just walk over <laughs> here, bulking up. Yeah, no, okay. No, look, you know... I mean, the good thing is, you're not... I don't think there was a... There wasn't a disappointing choice this yeah. time. And there used to be, right? It was like, oh, please, not not Jacker. Uh, please, not X, exactly. Y, and Z. Hector Bellerin I, or whatever. I am not in an entrenched position on Erdegaard where I'm like, no, like you said, it's, it's not a disaster for me. I just wouldn't have... You know, I made a rap for all the other... And do you know what? I, I thought you, you, you made a good point about Kieran Tierney. The simple facts for me, I don't know, you know, you, you uh, are seeming to talk about it from a slightly different point of view, like a bit more intel on his personality. From what I see about his personality, I like it on the field. However, simple facts of the matter, as you mentioned, you've got to be durable to be the captain now. We just can't have another guy who's breaking down every two weeks and so our leader's constantly out. So, yeah, it's as simple as that. If it's Erdegaard, fair enough. Wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'm not wildly disappointed, you know? Agree. Um, all right, before we move on to the next subject, got two things. If, you are, if you're listening to this show and you're enjoying it and you're on YouTube, and I know a lot of you are, click that subscribe button because then you get little notifications every time we go online. And just from a pure ego perspective, it makes both of us feel very good and confident in our personal lives. And ultimately, isn't that a great thing for you to do? So please mm. click the subscribe button. Point number two, Johnny, we've got a Patreon where you can go and give us a little bit of money, there small amount of money, pick what you want. We know that inflation is killing everybody. We know there's a recession coming. We know that there are layoffs. We're not asking for a lot, but if you can support us in some way, um, we will give you in exchange top tier content so you get your midweek content early and exclusive and johnny goes wild and he does these things like top 25 players which caused a lot of debate they're very good and i think that you should uh you should experiment with it and you can you can tap out at any point but it will be high quality content all season every single on the whistle for the europa will go on our patreon and only the weekend one will be for free but if you can support uh your creator community it would be um we'd just be very grateful. All right. Yeah. And and also, when we're not doing, when Europa's not on, we'll be doing before the whistles, which will be Patreon only. And that's not, that is not a, we're not releasing that. It's for no our way. Patreons, okay? Just for Only you. Patreons. So, yeah. Come and support us if you can. It will be much appreciated. And and you're you're quite personal with the way that you do these patrons as well, because the, the, the you're, you, you went back after getting a bit of criticism from, a certain person on Patreon, and you basically dedicated an entire Patreon to this one guy's criticism, which <laughs> shows how petty you are. Uh, <laughs> but it's also it's also nice shows that we're paying attention to the community. It, it wasn't. I don't take it as a criticism. I take it's an engaged community. And to be fair, the good thing about the Patreon, and um, you know, people are, have every opportunity to disagree with us and say that, and we will respond. But they keep it. They keep it. You know, friendly. That's a man. That is a man. That comment there, Johnny, is a man who's got a wife that works in social media. Right there. I wouldn't say <laughs> it's criticism. I would say it's part of an engaged, healthy community. Beautiful. Beautiful. You should share yeah. that line with her. She'd be very proud. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna we're gonna leave uh we're gonna leave on one final topic that I wanted to bring up because I love it. I love it. Meza Urzel 
Mesut Ozil going back to Fenerbahce. They're going to gonna re-up his career. He's going back to uh, a, a country where he's loved. He's going to play for a coach that understands him. Contract terminated today. Mesut Ozil has had his contract terminated. What has gone on here? One season. One season and Mesut Ozil has had his contract terminated. So all of those little Twitter accounts that were like, oh, Arteta is terrible because he doesn't understand it. Oh, you'll live to regret Mesut Ozil going to Fenerbahce and ripping it up. Didn't win a trophy. Uh, caused problems with two, two separate coaches on the bounce. And on the second coach, he is out of there. Johnny, Mesut Ozil, uh, what's he going to do? Is he going to focus on his coffee? Is he going to become a professional Fortnite player? Um, should Mesut Ozil have trusted the process a little bit more? Um, do you know what? I'm actually going to uh, break in a different way on this guy because I know you're reveling in it, and <sighs> that's fair enough. But look, don't get me wrong. I I don't really feel bad for him per se. But yeah, he's quite same, rich. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I'm I, I'm not really reveling it with Ozil. Like I know some Arsenal fans like hate certain players when they leave, but the fact is, is that. I actually feel a bit of sympathy for him in some ways, like um, because when you've got people, you get players like this who are so talented, but there's other stuff going on. And when you see someone who, like you talked about, so rich and you know they've got all of it, there's obviously, as far as I'm concerned, maybe I'm reading too deep and people will be like, "Who's this?" You know, but there seems to be something missing in his life, and he can't, he just can't get it together anymore. So. The moment he left Arsenal, for me, it was thanks for the memories, mate. Go and have a good one. And if he did well at Fenerbahce, good luck to him. It, his career obviously had gone down if he's going to Fenerbahce from Arsenal. But the reality is, is it just speaks of a guy who is essentially internally unhappy, doesn't, you know, doesn't he just can't work with other other people very well. As far as I'm concerned, he's football. You know, based on what I can see, his football career is over unless he's going to go and take a payday from, you know, some Qatari team or something like that um, in the twilight of his career. May, you know, obviously he won't be going to China. But, um, you know, in general, he, you know, he doesn't need the money anymore. He won't get a move to any club bigger than Fenerbahce now. It's downwards all the way. And you have to say it's more likely that he does become a professional Fortnite player. But for me, I don't really garner that much enjoyment out of it. It's just like, oh, well, I do. When when Ozil left, I thought it was the right decision. I thought that he was causing too much trouble. But I didn't hate him. I didn't hate him. I, there's loads of other Arsenal players I haven't hated. There's ways of going about it. I just think that, unfortunately, he's just, he's just dare I say, he's lost it a bit. And this will just keep getting worse and worse until he does hang up his boots. But thanks for the memories, Messer. I, I actually think maybe it's something different. Maybe nothing is missing in his life. You know, like sometimes you've got everything. You've won everything. You've done everything. And you're like, fuck it. I saw an article from some big hedge funder. It was in Bloomberg in the week. And the headline was, uh, I've quit my job so I can do nothing on the beach. And you're like, fair fucks, mate. Fair fucks. Like, if you've got everything, why bother? Why would you, why, why run around if you don't need to? Sit on your ass, play Fortnite, set up a coffee company, and just take it easy. There's nothing wrong with that. Wayne Bridge, he was like that. He didn't like football. Just quit. That's it. Like, it's absolutely fine if you don't enjoy your job anymore. We've all gone through career changes. Um, Meza Ozil has had one of the greatest careers ever. He had a really good run at Arsenal when Alexis Sanchez was, was there. And then all of a sudden, it didn't really work for him. And that is absolutely fine. But I do revel in it a little bit because I thought he was extremely disruptive. He basically downed Unai Emery. I mean, Unai Emery helped himself a little bit there. Tried to down Mikel Arteta. We got him out. There was a lot of criticism from the fanboys, but they were wrong. And uh, I think that this is the final proof point that actually, um, when everybody's saying that you're the problem, you're, you're probably the problem. I, I do agree with that. I do agree that for all the people that were like, ah, could you let Messet go? And it's uh, no, no, no. I, I knew at the time it was Messet's issue, but I didn't, I said that Messet had to go. But for me, that's why I guess I'm, I'm not completely, you know, um, kind of too down on him because for me, I've known for a while that he was on his way out kind of thing. And, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe he has too much, but ultimately I think he played for the love 
that he got from the fans. And by the, and ultimately, he's he does have inner arrogance. He could see it. You could see it on the field the way he plays. And whilst he was young and hungry, he used that arrogance to power his game. But by the end, when he started to fall off a little bit, he without the extra motivation on the field, you you know basically if you don't cash your checks on the field, well, it's going to come back to haunt you. And you know he's he hasn't been cashing the checks at that level for a long time. Agree. All right. Um, a couple of things before we go. Uh, Lynn Simpson has asked me a question. I must ask you this question, please. Hope I'm not being rude. Are you Perry Grove's son? I wish. I wish Perry Groves. What a player. What a great podcast guest. Um, we've had him on the show. He is a friend of the show. Uh, a top pundit. He's doing some stuff for um, the Arsenal commentary team at the moment. I love listening to him. I think he's excellent on TalkSport, but he is not my father. Um, how, the- how do you know she was talking to you? Listen, mate, maybe, Perry, you know, she's thinking about my hair. That looks like Perry, doesn't it? No, no, <laughs> uh, no neither of us are Perry Groves' son. So Le- The name Le Grove came, it's a uh, real super basic. Arsenal's uh, new, yeah, Ashburton Grove is where Arsenal Stadium is built. And Arsenal had a lot of French players. So Le Grove, it's a very, <laughs> it's, it's a very, uh, very Essex uh, way of thinking, I must admit. Um, me and Johnny both from Essex and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. It's a fucking great place. But from now on, I'm going to tell everyone that wants to hear it that you are Perry Groves' son. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I like that. So um, Johnny, I think that that, uh, that takes us to the end of the show. I've got, um, I've got Elliot in the comments and he said he subscribed while on a treadmill. That is dedication to the podcast. If you have been uh, listening to the show and you've enjoyed it, subscribe. Uh, if it's on your, if, if someone's just shared it to you in iTunes, subscribe. If you like leaving five-star reviews, leave one, write a little comment. We read them all and it brings us a lot of joy. Um, uh, jokes aside, we love you all being in the comment section. It's been an incredible journey um, this, this last year. We love it. If you're listening um, and spending time with us in your car or on your walks or cooking. Um, and we are going to have a massive season next year. Um, next season. I can't wait to can't wait to hang out with you all. And uh, Johnny, I, I, I'm gonna we're gonna finish this in an experiment as well because I've uh, I've got outro music. So Ooh. do you want if you say the, the the goodbye thing, I'll push the button. Oh, okay, yeah, well. That is it. Oh, yeah. By the way, you can catch me at I, Johnny Cochran on my socials. Always appreciate a little follow on them. But the pod's over. So, ciao for now. Podcast Network.